This is your coffee break. Hey friends, I'm back again this week. I'm super stoked to bring you a friend who I met recently through Twitter and through podcasting. His name is Paul Sading, and boy, I hope I'm saying that correctly. You are. Oh, good. Okay. Paul Sading is the mastermind behind, to my count, three podcasts, The Diary of a Madman, Atheist Apocalypse, and Subject Found. These are really cool podcasts. They are fiction. And, well, at least, you know, we think they're fiction. Who knows? Mm. Mm. (laughs) But he is a great dude. He's a great writer. And I'm so excited to bring you Paul Sading. Welcome, Paul. Well, thank you. I'm incredibly excited to be here. I'm kind of like fanboying. You know, I've talked to people who write novels and people who write nonfiction, people who ghostwrite. You're the first person I think I've talked to who's written for audio. And I'm so interested about your process and how you do that. And if even just getting started here in our conversation, do you have scripts like sort of screenwriting scripts that you start with? Or what does your process look like? When I originally started, you know, I was one of those... um I would I get up at like five o'clock in the morning and try to get as much writing in before the family gets going, right? So mm-hmm. that's what I've always been. So I evolved as a Microsoft Word type person when I got into audio drama. And then one of the most wonderful things about being in audio drama is the community. It's so supportive. Ninety nine point nine percent of folks are willing to share their, you know, tactics and techniques and things. Somebody told me about Scrivener. Boy, let me tell you, <laughs> what a godsend that program is, you know, and I, I don't get any commission by them or anything, but yeah, so that's what I use for the audio dramas now, uh, because I will write uh, serials, or like with Subject Found, I consider it a serialized anthology. Each season will be dedicated to a particular story, but subsequent seasons are a brand new story. So under that serialized umbrella, I love the way Scrivener keeps me organized. So I do. I use their their little templates that they've got in there for if anybody's ever used it. They've got a like a screenplay type of template. And that's what I use for these things. It's a little cumbersome. It was a little cumbersome for me to learn because, again, it was all Microsoft Word exposition with some narrative in there <laughs> back in the day. Or Well, I still I still write short stories and. Hopefully, manuscripts that will grow up to be novel someday. But for yeah, for this type of stuff, Scrivener has been absolutely wonderful because I don't have a background in theater. I don't have a background in writing scripts. This was something I thought was neat. Audio being audio audio drama, something neat. It was a way for me to practice the craft of writing, to tighten up narrative, work on that because I fall into the trap of writing lengthy sentences and exposition and all that. And narrative was always something I needed to focus on anyway. So this was, you know, in a way, a development tactic. Let me try this audio drama thing and see how it works out. And I think that program kind of lends itself to that. So that's why I use that. And it keeps me focused. I focus on the narrative that way, using their their template in there. I don't want, I want to focus on that narrative. Oh my gosh, definitely. And sometimes I've found that it's helpful to have those constraints while you're writing, like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to make it fit within this template. You know, the the setup, the formatting is done. All I need to do, you know, all I need to do, in air quotes, <laughs> right. is provide the words, right? 
Dude, so exactly. um, so tell me a little bit about each of your shows. I know um, I've listened to Diary of a Madman. I have not listened to Atheist Apocalypse, and I listened to a little bit of Subject Found. They're more along kind of like the horror genre. Tell me a little bit more about what drew you to these. Well, with these, now Atheist Apocalypse was the first one, and it's a satirical comedy. Uh, actually, next week we wrap up right before Christmas, we wrap up our third season. So, well, well, yeah, thank you. I cannot, I cannot believe it's, it's amazing. So that was the first venture into it. And for, I know, or I imagine you probably get a lot of writers who listen, who are your audience. That was me, you know, in the, in the late winter of 2015, you know, I didn't know anything about audio drama. I didn't know the term audio drama. I had no idea what an audio drama was. I knew podcasting, but that's it. So I wanted to try it. I wanted to get my hand in it. And I wanted to be, I'm one of those people who has to have an obligation. If I have an obligation, if I say I'm going to do X, I'm doing X. So when I said, Hey, I want to do this satirical comedy audio drama, who wants to join me? Uh, And I had people that were in that was it. I had to, I had to fulfill that. So that's how audio uh, atheist apocalypse was born was a bunch of us neophytes, these newbies that didn't know anything about audio drama, said, let's try this. Let's go see what we can create. Let's go have some fun with it. So that's what it is. And it's um, it's really neat. It's exhausting because with that one, as with any satire, you've got to be very current with the news and whatnot. And for me, <laughs> like a lot of people, I get <laughs> the news weighs heavily on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so satirizing especially you know the our recent news our recent events it, it's really taking a toll for so for atheist apocalypse like you were asking in the first question about processes that one i have to focus i have to sit mm-hmm. down for a month and 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 knock out 45,000 words that stretch over 10 scripts and and i've got to because if i don't it'll just suck my soul dry Be, you know because it's just that heavy for me even though it's a comedy which is really maybe antithesis to what people think yeah. writing comedy is all about but it, it does for me uh so that's what that one's about our fourth season uh, we will kick off the the recording and the production in february time frame so really excited about that one because a lot of the plot elements get exposed and it's so hard to hold those for this long <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to play not play spoiler to my own stuff with subject found that w- that's really more of who i am as a writer uh, I love legend. I love lore. I love monsters mm-hmm. and, and just the, the the cultural stories, you know, the the cultural artifacts and leftovers of those stories. And that's what, you know, I guess was the the spark for that one. I'm a Bigfoot geek, huge Bigfoot geek. I live like 50 miles from Seattle, so I'm in the Pacific Northwest, right? So this is Bigfoot country anyways. And I, I just had this idea one day. I said, I've got to get away from writing satire. I want to get back to my roots because I do. I want to get back into writing. I want to finish my horror book, right? I want to do those things that really just fire up that creativity. And I thought I thought about that. You know, I don't want to do the same story season after season. What way can I do that? And that's how Subject Found was um, came about. It was originally called Found, and then there was a really big company that came out with a podcast called Found that has ridiculous downloads and they they and me decided it would be a good idea if we just didn't have the same exact title to a podcast (laughs) makes sense so uh my artist uh who came who does all the art for all three of my podcasts she said she's the one who actually came up with because i was struggling you know what do do i do now and she said hey how about subject found because you're going to change 
the the monster, the legend, the lore each season. And I said, that's genius. Um, so that's where that came from was my love of legend and lore and how it influences us as culture and how we pass along stories and lessons through sometimes creating absolutely horrendous stories for our children. If, if anybody you know knows some of the Brother Grimm stories, some of that stuff is really dark. It's not the Disney version no. that we enjoy nowadays. It's quite so grim. It, it, yeah, exactly. I'm so it, kinda, it really just fascinates me. So that's where that came about because I wanted to tell fresh stories. And it, it plays into who I am as a writer. So any of your listeners who always get 30,000 words into a book and then it gets put into a folder and they never see it again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's who I am as a writer too. Uh, I've got a million ideas and the time to write one of them. So this helps me be disciplined about the craft and practicing writing and all those things. So it was a neat little neat little trick that maybe might help somebody. I hope it would help at least one of your listeners if they are interested in you know maybe exploring doing an audio drama themselves because it will keep it fresh. And then with Diary of a Madman, what I, I, I wanted to break the paradigm. I wanted to break the rules that I had for myself with, with podcasting. All the, like you yourself, you know, you, you learn what you're supposed to do in your category of podcasting. I've learned that in other genres, other categories that I've done, and now in audio drama. And I thought, it'll be really neat to just not do any of that stuff and see what happens. I, you know, so I don't invest over-invest myself on that. Um, I, I write nice, succinct, brief episodes. You know, the word count on them is like five to 600 words. So they're really quick episodes. And I wanted to play around with a character that's been in my head since, you know, my late teens. I mean, that's where this madman was born was when I was an angst-ridden teenager who hated the world. Uh-huh. It was just, you know, so he's been in my head forever. I grew up. He never did. He's that little animal <laughs> part of my brain. <laughs> so that's what that is. It, it and it's. I get interesting feedback with that one. Subject found gets wonderful feedback. Folks love it. Atheist Apocalypse gets the ends of the spectrum. It's either the best thing ever created or oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> so, and and with uh, Diary of a Madman, it's interesting because there are people who will tell me it's too creepy. I cannot listen to it. And one of the neat things is to develop as a writer is I've I get to play around in that one with sound mm. and how sound influences people. And what I do in my writing is I take that back and I take that feedback and I think about it as a writer when I only have a piece of paper to convey a message to someone, how do I make that feeling convey? So it, it's one of those experimental things that as a writer who who aspires to someday be published in, in in a much different medium to to play around with this stuff and then just do that mental exercise okay so if it freaks people out to where they literally have to stop listening how do i do that to them in a book but keep them reading you know yeah <laughs> so it, it's fun it's it's a, it's really neat to be able to play around with these things it it's, keeps me engaged and it keeps me loving the art of writing because i've got satire i've got legend lore which is more of like a paranormal thriller type in subject found and then i've got this psychological twisted horror over in diary of a madman so you know it's it's just this thing where i'm i can't wait for my alarm to go off in the morning because i get to go write one of those things right and i mean yes and and honestly i mean i you know i'm just like everybody else i've you know got the full-time job and i was a military i was in the military for 20 years and 
that was soul sucking. And, the, you know, that's one of those things where I didn't want the alarm to go off. So to be at this point in my life, when I got to stretch for 15 minutes to get out of bed now, it's still so exciting to have to do that because <laughs> I know as soon as I'm limbered up, I get to be at the keyboard again and I get to live in that world. And man, that's so much fun. I love it. What is your favorite part about writing? Because I can hear the passion in your voice for writing. What is your favorite part about writing? It's that escapism for me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a very happy person. I'm very content where I am personally. And I think a lot of us, especially you, you even mentioned it on one of your recent episodes about being bombarded uh, with all these articles that you wanted to read and keep up on. And so I think we're all pretty much the same, right? So that escapism of getting lost in this world, I'm a hybrid, like a lot of writers. I'm, I will outline, a matter of fact, Sarah, you can see it. Most people won't be able to, right? But behind my little screen, I've got my little uh-huh. old school flip board where I've, I will outline probably to about 30%. Any more than that, and it's way too much for me. Mm. It's pants from there on. I, yeah, I've got my outline. I know where I think I want to go, but I live through that journey. And if I sell one book in my life before you know they put me in the ground, I'll have done what I wanted to do because it's always about creating that story, sharing that story. Having someone find that story. I love that whole adventure, that whole process of it. Yeah. As writers, if there are listeners of yours who can't or it's difficult for them to take that two years to write the book and then send it off to agent or editors and agents and, and do that whole thing and never get anything back on it. One of the neat things is in audio drama is you're gonna get the feedback. You're gonna hear from people and that life cycle turns over so much more quickly so but as a writer i argue i argue that that makes us better because we're hearing more feedback more consistently and when my narrative sucks when when a character says something that's not believable i'm gonna hear about it oh yeah right away (laughs) right so so i can start working on those things now while i am still working on that book and you know i i know i'm sounding like the the cheerleader for audio drama for writers but i wholeheartedly believe I, I wish everybody who aspired to be a writer would jump into it. It's a lot of work, but I honestly believe it's made me a better writer c- because of the feedback from the, the community itself and from those listeners that you, w- if you were just doing a book, you wouldn't hear from for a year or two. You're going to hear from them. <laughs> Good, like, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can attest to that, too. So like, so with that feedback, if, if you get really negative feedback, how does that make you feel? Like, how do you deal with it? You know, how, what do you do with that stuff? I try to remind myself of those people that I value in the community. John Grills does mm-hmm. Small Town Horror, which is uh, a great podcast, a great story. And he also authors a few books um, in that setting. So if you want to check him out, he's but he's just a good guy and he's got a real good sensibility about him when it comes to this stuff and he's out he's like my he, he sits right here on my shoulder that floating head right over my <laughs> shoulder because i take it i don't take it personally i take it to heart and i mm. beat myself up you know and i am uber critical of myself so those voices tend to shout louder in, in my head and i try to keep people like john in in my in the forefront of my mind i try to filter that feedback through him i'm not going to please everybody you know, it, it stinks. It hurts when I get excited about Diary of a Madman. And I've had female listeners write and I feel it touches them in, in some sort of maybe experiential way. They've had experience with people like that. Uh, we know there are a lot of creeps on the Internet. There are. And, and, I, and I can't help that. And it sucks that they've had that experience. And I want to tell them 
give it a chance. This is just fiction. But then I feel like I'm starting to become the creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so it, on a, on a, on a personal level, it hurts, but then I try to remember all these things. And I remember, even if I wrote the best thing in the world, there are going to be people who aren't going to like it for oh, yeah. whatever reason. Oh yeah. And, and I can't control that. So I have to remember that. And, yeah. and trust me, Sarah, I do that internal dialogue almost daily. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So I'm, I'm interested in, you know, you talk about your dream to, you know, being publishing a book. Have you thought about like doing spinoffs? Like, um, like John, you talked about John Grills, you know, publishing some books related to his podcast. Is it something you're thinking about? Or is that would you like to keep those two worlds separate? No, actually, I, I want I want to do that. I want to. For me, it makes sense from a commercial slash business perspective if you've created a world and you know every week a few thousand people are listening to this world why wouldn't I as a you know from the business mindset why wouldn't I do that and that's why I was excited to talk to you and share that with your listeners where they could flip that paradigm if they've got the book why couldn't they create this John does it in in part and I don't want to speak for him but he does it in part with oh geez John I apologize I'm forgetting the name of your series right now small time forget well, he's his book series. I don't have my Kindle in front of me. Oh. So I mean, he took that um, that world, his crazy town. I knew oh, it would yeah, come yeah. to me. Yeah, yep. <laughs> He he took his crazy town in in a way and morphed it into this. So it go it works both ways. And I want to. I'm actually forty thousand words into a spinoff for Atheist Apocalypse. It'll be like a a prelude to the apocalyptic world that we know in that series. It'll be kind of what happened before. And actually, this season, at the end of season three, our patrons actually get to hear a little bit of that. I wrote a short episode, about a 4,000-word episode. It'll be standalone not only from the podcast itself, but standalone from the book itself of a precursor of a prelude kind of thing. Just to put, And it's so much fun to experiment with the world that you've already built, and now you can go play around in some other aspect of it. And, and in this example, I'm even playing around further. I'm telling two stories ahead. And I could go anywhere. It's just a wonderful exercise to do as a writer. I would type them up anyways in Microsoft Word, and then I'd throw them in my desk drawer, and they'd just gather dust. At least this way, they're out there. And you know, the story's being shared, and folks are enjoying it. And it's just it's really rewarding. And it's, boy, it's a whole lot of fun. Good. Oh, my God. And yeah, I so, can hear it in your voice. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really do. I, I've, I never thought in my 40s I would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and be excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing and wonderful. That is awesome. I, 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 I really do. In a perfect world, I wish every writer could have that. And I know some folks have family commitments and whatnot that they can't. But, boy, it's. Uh, I think we've all had that. You know, when we have that passion for writing, we felt that before. And it's about managing those demands and of our time and whatnot of the real world so we can actually do that i'm a, i'm really big on routine i know that's a, like a dirty word for some writers but for me to, to establish that routine that behavior uh it, it really facilitates the flow of everything else around it where you can dedicate that time and if you've got that routine that writing routine time you can respond this weekend i had some problems with technology and then you know how it is with uh, social media. I had some social media conversations that I came across that would be a great skit in the atheist apocalypse because I could not believe adults were saying some of the things that I saw. <laughs> so I got frustrated. And what it did was I was supposed to be writing the second season of Subject Found, one of the episodes. And that character is so 
complex that I couldn't get into her that in mm-hmm. that mindset. I could not do her justice. So I just went off and I did a little bit of world build, building because, again, you know, setting up that structure, having that root, that writing routine, I had that dedicated time. And the family knows, you know, when the, when the office door is closed, unless there's a fire, and even sometimes if there is a fire, just leave him alone because he's doing his thing. <laughs> Let him burn with his work. <laughs> Let him burn. He'll be happy. Trust us. Oh, that's so interesting. I love that you say that about routine. I also am very interested in some of the balances you have going on. I'm interested in how you make it work with your job and your family. And you alluded to that a little bit, but then balancing multiple projects. Like, how does that work for you? A lot of, a lot of planning. Um, I think one of my, one of my characteristics, one of, one of the attributes that I have that I it is a blessing and a curse is I am a forward thinker. I'm always looking into the future. So that's a great thing when it comes to something like this. It's not so great when you just want to live in the moment and enjoy something. Yeah. But for this, uh, it, it's really helped because I will, like with Subject Found, uh, this past Sunday, the 11th, we just released the fourth episode of the first season. So it's still very much in its infancy. However, I'm almost done writing the entire second season. I'm on the ninth episode of that second season uh, as I'm looking for actors and sending that call out. So I'll have all that package. So once everything, I've got this this natural valley in the operations level, if you will, I'm able to use that valley not to sit around. I mean, I could sit around and recharge, which there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'll do is that's when I will be, I'll have already sent the call uh, for auditions out to actors. I'll be receiving those. And I can go through those at a pace that works for me so I don't burn myself out. So I don't get overwhelmed and or get stressed. Nothing, you know, nothing results in crappy writing for me like writing under stress. I, yes. I can't do it. Sometimes I'll go back and read those drafts. And I'll, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that's what I mean. It's a, it's a lot of that forward planning. So like all of October was dedicated to writing the fourth episode of Atheist Apocalypse. I really struggled with that. Um, for your non-American listeners, it was, uh, you know, the pre-election, se- or it was mm-hmm. really the election season. So, it, again, it really dra- it dragged me down. It was hard to, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I made a critical decision about the plot. And once I made that decision, the next seven, uh, I sat down one day and wrote 9,000 words. <laughs> I don't even know how, how that happened. It, those fingers, you should have seen it. It was... <laughs> But that's what I knew October was not for diary. It was not for subject found. That was for Atheist Apocalypse. It needed to get done. So then what I can do is I can hand it off to the folks who are going to edit it and give them a couple months to do that so they can do it justice. And while they're off doing that, I'm over here with diary and subject found. Right. And so that that cycle continues. And that's how I do it. That That's what works for me. You know, I guess it's critical to understand how you operate. I have to immerse myself in a story. With Subject Found, second season, I am so far into that story, I can't think of anything else. I'm supposed to be writing new episodes of Diary. I can't do it because I'm in her story right now, and I need to give her that time and attention. Otherwise, it's going to get clunky, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to have holes. And boy, audio drama listeners, they will let you know if there's a (laughs) hole in your story. What do you do about actors? You know, so say you have a writer who's maybe interested in audio drama and they're just terrified at the fact of I have to go find actors. What is your advice for that? Think about what you actually want it to be. It's kind of like the, you know, 
Well, okay. Th- again, this is I'm very opinionated, so I apologize I to, appreciate your, it. to you. <laughs> but I don't. I I as a aspiring writer get frustrated when I hear and I, and I've got two business degrees. I get frustrated when I hear writers say to write for what the market's calling for, right? So you're chasing the market. I can't do that. I want to I want to write the story that's in here, that's in my heart. Uh, so those maybe are the writers I'm actually speaking to when I say this, but just like you would with your book and writing the story that you need to write, it's the same thing with audio drama. There are audio dramas that are full-fledged, professional studio produced, professional actors, sound effects, all of that stuff, real heavy on that production stuff that I think would scare a lot of writers away and may scare a lot of writers away. And I can tell from your reaction. Yeah, definitely. Right. <laughs> yes. And, but there are, there are those pot, those I'm um, not podcasts, but those audio dramas out there where it is the writer, they will assume the character and they will give that one person monologue each and every episode. And a lot of those work. Some, some people might say, well, I don't know. Well, that's your preference. Trust me, being on the inside of audio drama, some of those folks get some serious download numbers and all it is is them and their microphone, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of just like a, a lot of other podcasts, but it's their creation. So what would you want your podcast to be? For me, I don't want to listen to my voice. I wouldn't do that to listeners. You have a great <laughs> so, voice. I hear that a lot, but I don't like it. Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I think we're all like that, right? And I, and I really love... Maybe it's an ego thing. I think it's the neatest thing in the world to put words down on a book or on a piece of paper or on a computer screen and have another person, a professionally trained person, right? Or even even somebody who did it in high school or college where they were in theater to hear them translate. There's something that happens in that exchange, and it's a beautiful thing. I get, I'm not kidding, Sarah. I'll get those, those WAV files uploaded to the Google Drive, and I know what the character is going to say. And then when I hear it, I'm like, oh, chills. Oh, got it. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. It, it's, you know, your character is brought to life. How cool is that? I mean, I grew up in a world where, you know, Stephen King was king and he had to wait for, for somebody to pick up the movie rights for him to see his characters come to life. Nowadays, we don't have to. There are so many voice. And tr- trust me, you asked for, you know, what advice would I share? There are so many voice actors out there that are looking to practice their craft just like we are as writers who want the experience who want to you know build the portfolio who just love doing it and they want to get in on the game there are far more voice actors than there are audio drama opportunities Mm -hmm. so if that's you as a writer who wants to get into it don't let that be the one hang up they're all over the place and there's actually there's some resources that i can share with you so you can share with your listeners um that would really help facilitate and help them manage their their time and their their efforts to look for those people because trust me they're out there that would be wonderful and i'll make sure that i link to that in the show notes i will also link to all of paul's wonderful podcasts in the show notes for today's episode and twitter and all sorts of good things so you have that to look forward to what kind of skills do you think that they would need to pick up if they're just starting as writers and they're they're maybe not used to podcasting or any of this what would you suggest that they do as their next step their next step, I would, what I would recommend is before you, you really journey down that road, the one thing I would caution is to play around with the audio aspect of it. 
a great way to kill a wonderful story is to release a bad sounding audio drama. But I, and I honestly believe this, anybody can do, can do it. So if somebody is, you know, Hey, that's a really neat thing. I didn't know that existed. Kind of like I was a year and a half ago, um, is to go out there and get some freeware. There's, you know, audacity's a perfect starter kit, if you will, and play around with Audacity. Borrow a mic from somebody. Get a $15 mic off of Amazon, a USB mic. Something very, very low threat to, to anyone's budget. And, and again, Audacity is completely free. And just record. Read one of your short stories to yourself. And then get into Audacity and start playing around with it. I have the, the luxury of, again, I've been podcasting for five years. So I've got a network of people People who used to be listeners, uh, my producer, Brian Bristol, for Atheist Apocalypse and Subject Found, he was a listener of mine years ago back in the day, and we just kind of connected that way, right? And and he geeks out about the technical side. Me, I hate it. I can do, I can do it. I don't want, I do it for diary. I don't want to do it. I don't enjoy it. So that's why diary, I've got listeners who, who say, I love it, but the you know the three to five minute episodes don't work for me. I want a longer story. I can't give that to them, unfortunately, because I can't invest in that technical side. Because if I do, I'll go down that rabbit hole. I'll get frustrated, and then I'll push back away from the desk and say I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore because it's not fun. So that's what I would. That's the piece I would like them to take away. If there's anything, is get your get a short story if you think you want to try this. Get that freeware, borrow a mic before you spend any money on it, and play on that technical side. If that stuff is intuitive, if it comes to you easily, if you geek out about it and you're like, oh my God, I can do this with my voice, great, go forward. If you can't, then you got the tough decision to make. Do I look for somebody who can help me and rely on somebody who may not come through, mm -hmm. or do I pay for something? Because there are people who will do it uh, for a fee. Again, that's you know some everybody's decision to make on their own but that is the i believe the one if there's a barrier i think that's the one barrier is it can be intimidating to do the sound yeah. and and, uh, and i mean that's for anything that could be for the simple one person show with no sound effects no frills it could still be you know for me wet mouth noises kill me and until i knew learned noise reduction I was sitting there, you know, scrolling inch, you know, minute by or second by second in my podcast, trying to clip out all the little, the lips little yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would say. Play around with that while you've got some time before you jump into the pool. See if how you react to playing around with the actual software, you know. And 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 I'll offer that to your to your listeners that they can always write, contact me, tweet at me, kind of thing, and. I can provide, you know, I don't mind saying, hey, this might be the next thing you want to do after that. But, you know, again, I know at the end of the episode, we'll share some resources. There's one that they've got to, if they're serious, they've got to join and it'll be a wonderful experience for them, even if they ultimately decide not to do it. Well, now I'm curious. <laughs> well, now I'm going to make you wait because wow. I'm a good storyteller. Ah, <laughs> oh, this tension. I can't take right. it. Right. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. And you know, that reminds me of so much of what, what I did. I started off as a writer and I borrowed a mic and I played around with audacity. Like, yeah, it's, yes. I think, oh my gosh. I think that's the natural evolution of it. We all have to, you know, it's, a, it's like that rite of passage. Everybody has to go get audacity and <laughs> you borrow a USB mic from yep. someone. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. So I, I love, I love that. I love that you make it more accessible for people who maybe, you know, I was one of those people. I was like, I'm a writer. I deal with written words. Like what is this audio element? It's terrifying. And boy, am I glad I just jumped into it. So. Right. Thank you. And it's, it's yeah. a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I love it. It is. It is. Speaking of things that I love, um, look at this transition because I'm a writer. <laughs> Horror. I love horror. I've always loved horror. Um, I love monster stuff. Tell me a little bit more about what it's like to have a horror podcast. Are you looked down upon for the genre? Are you? Are, is it easier for you to find fans? Is it harder? I'm really interested. I always am interested in how genres work. I think, um, okay, now again, this is context of my own experience. The horror, jumping into horror with Diary of a Madman was, it was you know, three-step cooking. It was so easy. It was, you know, un unwrap the thing from the box, put it in the microwave and hit start. It was so easy. There are so many hungry people out there for particularly science fiction and horror. If you, if you write in those genres, the world is your oyster right now. Mm -hmm. it, it may, audio drama, I know audio drama has been around since, you know, Orson Welles type yeah. stuff, but it, for, as a popular um, niche, if you will, it's still in its infancy. So we haven't had a whole lot of time in, in the few years that it's really started to gain traction to watch that life cycle. It seems like the sci-fi and um, the horror are the way to go for that safe entry points. Something like Atheist Apocalypse, not so much. We marketed it first in comedy and that, that comedy category is flooded. Mm -hmm. It's flooded with real people. You know, I, I don't know how I could compete against Liza Schlesinger, you know, who's got her own comedy. I, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Or Comedy Bang Bang or something like that. So I messed up. And again, <laughs> I didn't know what audio drama was. So I was like, oh, this is a comedy. We throw it in comedy. No, you don't. You throw it in performing arts under the arts category is what you do. That's where you go with it. So the, I, I had a listener once write and talk about the show and you know wished it was more prominent that it than it is and his comment was really poignant to me at the time he said i i just don't think the world is ready for a satirical hmm. comedy fictional podcast there are very few of them out there as it is and that may be why it's it's v the feedback is um like i said very both ends of the spectrum and it can be discouraging uh but again this was a passion project for all of us my payday is, you know, not necessarily seeing the downloads because that sounds like an ego thing, but the fact that there are downloads. Yes. That there, that we, I mean, anybody who goes after this episode and, and they go check out Atheist Apocalypse, please start in like season three. <laughs> Don't go back to season one oh, until yeah. you're sure you like the the show, because um, it was it was a huge learning curve. But for me, it's it's seeing those downloads and knowing that we can be that silly and that ridiculous, and there are people who enjoy it. This has been great so far. This has been wonderful. I love hearing about audio drama. I love your passion for what you do. I love that you're a writer who just jumps out of bed after maybe some stretching to run <laughs> to, you know, to start writing every day. Um, what would you like to take us out with here? I guess any advice or any mentorships that you'd like to talk about? Well, what I would offer is uh, one, there are the community is absolutely wonderful. I cannot stress that enough. I didn't, again, even know what the term audio drama meant when I had already decided and started planning Atheist Apocalypse Season 1. The community is there. It's very, very supportive. Don't be afraid to jump in now 
and express that interest. And one of the things I've been teasing you with is the resource. And these guys are very gracious and they're very humble and they're very appreciative anytime I mention it. But the Audio Drama Production Podcast is the starting point for anyone interested in this. So if you are a writer, even of short stories only, check them out. Start from episode one. They they just released their 100th episode. Congratulations, guys. Nice. Um, yeah, they, they're awesome. There is a Facebook group. It's a, it's a closed group, but they will accept anyone in. So you can go search them out on Facebook if you do the book of face. There is such a world of wisdom out there. There are some people who've been in this for 20 years now, and they're, they're, they share these experiences and these resources. Where do I get sounds from? Where do I get actors from? What do I do when? You know, We have these conversations all the time. The one thing I would want to leave folks with is don't get discouraged from this. There are a lot of people out there. There's always more stories to be told. Join us, please. It just enriches storytellers. For me, I know I'm biased, but there can't be enough storytellers in the world. <laughs> there need to be more of us with you know original voices and original content. And it's oh, it's just so exciting. I get excited when I see a new audio drama coming around. And I wanna I wanna hear from you all. So join us. And I will offer this: there are established audio dramas that are always looking for original content. So maybe you don't want to start your own. Maybe that's a, a hill too steep to climb. But there are a number of audio dramas that will take guest writers, if you will. So if you do want to share your story, if you do want to get published in a different type of medium, that might be something else to look at as well. I, I can't encourage enough. I really can't. I, I love that that comes through so clearly when you speak. It's just, I love that you are on my show today. This is, this is the highlight <laughs> of my day. It's been a day. lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Paul, you are wonderful. I love your voice. I love the story that you have to tell. I love that you have so many stories to tell. I love that you are inspiring and encouraging other people to take on audio drama. Thank you so much for your words and for your wisdom today. This was just a treat. It was a joy for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you do for all of us. Oh, gosh. Well, thanks. Thanks.